great to be in the house of the Lord, the great singing. And yes, the wonderful singing by my mother-in-law as well. Uh, best singing I've ever heard. She's going to be cooking all week long, so I've got to really be on my best behavior. Amen. Uh, I don't know what that bottle of cyanide was for in the cabinet that I saw the other day, but no, I'm just kidding. I've got great in-laws, and I thank God for them. Celebrated a wedding anniversary yesterday, and uh, it was a joy to be able to celebrate that with them. And then we got a surprise. Uh, some of our children have been in. I say children. They're, they're grown up now. And uh, we've got two boys in the Marine Corps, and one wasn't able to come in uh, over in Hawaii, suffering for Jesus in Hawaii. Uh, you know how that is, just terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, a son in, in, in D.C., he was able to come down. My, my daughter Amelia was with us, and of course Katie is here. Uh, and then our son Wyatt, many, many of you that follow our ministry on social media probably saw some of the videos that Sherry posted. He surprised us all. And uh, flew in from Hawaii. Uh, he had been in de on deployment in Okinawa and, and Korea, but uh, he was able to be in. So we got the whole gang uh, uh, with us uh, for, for the holidays. Boy, it's a pleasure to be able to be here. I don't know about any of that stuff about Jack Hiles. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that with the, ten, the proverbial 10-foot pole. Uh, but it, it, it is a joy to be able to be back. We're not, very, we're not back in the States for very long. Uh, but I want to give you an update on the ministry. Uh, primarily the last two years. I, I know it's not been that long since we were here last. And um, so we're going we're gonna to just kind of give you an update, share a little bit about uh, what God has been doing and some of our plans. And we're really asking you to pray for us. Uh, we're really wanting to multiply our efforts in Brazil. And uh, we're taking a little bit of a different approach, trying to focus more on training nationals, local leadership. Brother Banthi and I were talking before the service, the importance of doing that. And uh, uh, how, how much uh, uh, ministries depend upon the training of local leadership that are able to carry on the work. We want to do all we can physically on the ground, but we're, we're only going to be able to be there for so long. We want to leave until the Lord comes back. We want to be able to train men that get saved and called and, and uh, help them do all we can, help them get established to carry on the ministry, uh, uh, preaching the gospel. So we're just going to go through a couple of things here. Uh, let, me, let me get uh, situated here on some of the slides. Let me make sure I'm... There we go. So, um, so those of you who are not familiar with our ministry, as, as I mentioned before, all of our children are grown. Uh, but all four of our kids, they've grown up on the mission field. Our youngest, Sam, was born on the mission field. And I'm going to ask my family to go ahead and just stand right up real quick. Uh, Katie is, is to, farthest to the left. Uh, she is married. I want to ask Justin to stand up. She's married to Justin. Uh, thank God for a good son-in-law, a Texan. Amen. And uh, uh, he offers all the fire support in the family we need. You know how them Texans pack. Amen. Uh, but we've got Katie, my, my, my wife, Sherry Wyatt, who just flew in, my daughter, Amelia, and Sam. And uh, they, they thank you guys. Uh, God has blessed us being able to raise our family on the mission field. But, but as you know, Brazil has, has been our heartbeat. We've ministered in the northern part of Brazil, in the Amazon. We've always tried to focus on underreached areas of Brazil. Uh, and I won't go through all the, the details uh, of, of Brazil, uh, you know, that, that typical missionary growth. You guys are familiar with our ministry. But our first ministers were in the Amazon, and we, we focused on pioneer missions. And it took us to, to some remote villages, uh, a village called Bulishu. Uh, and, and our focus has always been preaching the gospel, planting churches, 
and, and turning it over to locals once we leave. But the Pioneer Mission Initiative is something we're going to continue to focus on for the coming years where we are focusing on training some of these locals. Oops, let me back up. I kind of hit double clicked. Uh, there we go. Well, Sherry, I've got a problem with clicking too much, don't I? I don't have patience. That's my problem. Or maybe my aim is off. Well, we're just going to rock on with this, with this slide right here. We are focusing on the southern cone of Brazil right now. Uh, if you look at Brazil, if you look at the studies, uh, uh, the, 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 the ministry surveys of the most populated areas of Brazil with the least amount of gospel-centered biblical preaching, the southern cone of South America and of Brazil is the most needy area of our, uh, of our region. And if you look at South America, you know how, how it sort of looks like a, an ice cream cone. Amen? Let's talk about food for a second. An ice cream cone. Uh, that's what we're focused on uh, in, in our ministry. There we go. Uh, we are in the town of Lajus right now. Uh, we, we've seen several people saved, baptized, a small church established, uh, Igreja Batista Bíblica Internacional. Man, this thing is really sensitive. Left, right, oh, there we go. Uh, but we're preparing a young man and his wife, Anderson. Uh, uh, actually, right now, he is the one leading the service as we are here. He's leading the work in, in Brazil. This is a man who's gotten saved, baptized in our ministry. Uh, back in August, we approached him. He's, he's extremely faithful, got a great testimony, loves the Lord. And uh, uh, we've been teaching him just a little bit at a time, giving him opportunities to teach in the ministry, a little bit of training along the way. Uh, but this is what we want to do. We've got another young fellow, Josie Valdo. He's up in the Amazon. Right now we're trying to work with five different church plant projects. Ours plus four more. So Josie Valdo is one of these five. He's up in the Amazon on a different river system called the Purus in a town called Beruri. Remember those names. You're going to get a test later. Uh, but we're trying to help him as, as, as they get their ministry established uh, planning a, a church here. We're helping with some, some construction needs right now. Pastor Val Siege is the man we have known for nearly 20 years in the Amazon. This man is still going up into the most remote areas of northern Brazil on the frontier with Colombia and Venezuela. And yes, we are talking about access to very primitive people groups. Uh, and he, there have been people who have gotten saved and they left the jungles. They've come out. Uh, they, they've come to churches over the years on hunting. Or I'm sorry. They've come to towns over the years on hunting trips. And in these towns, they've heard the gospel. They've gotten saved. They've contacted friends like Pastor Valsiges wanting to know more. Pastor Valsiges is able to go to places I can't go. And they're holding short-term intensive seminary courses. Uh, they go up for two or three weeks. We help them with gas, other logistical needs to be able to get up there. It's a, they are dangerous trips because they have to negotiate lots of rapids to get to those areas up around Colombia and Venezuela. 
Amazon River, tributary of the Rio Negro, go all the way up to Colombia. Uh, these are areas where the FARC rebels used to operate heavily. And, uh, but he's, he's able to go up in these areas where I can't get to, doing a great work. He's also starting churches where he is at on the Amazon River, and we've been able to help with this project as well. But here's something I want to ask you to pray for. We're having a, 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 some strategy conferences in the next couple of weeks once we get back to Brazil. Uh, we've got about 280-some towns just in our state alone that don't have solid Bible preaching, gospel preaching churches. And we are trying to coordinate, network with other nationals who, who uh, some of these guys have gone to these towns because of work and they see the need, they have a burden, they, they, wanna, they want to, to start something in their town. They, they want to be able to grow and reach their people. Taibar and Luan are two Brazilian nationals who are exactly in this situation. They live about an hour or so away from where we are currently working at. And these are some of the projects in the next couple of years to not only continue to work in our town of Lajes, but also to help these guys reach their communities for Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's what we've been up to the last couple of years. Pioneer Mission Initiative is exactly this, the project to focus on these high priority areas so we can get the gospel in, disciple believers, train local leadership, and see local churches established. And we couldn't do it without churches like you guys partnering with us. Amen. Uh, uh, so we, we praise God for what he's doing. We thank you for your support. And right now I want to ask you to turn to the book of John. John chapter 4 in our Bibles tonight. This is not a typical Christmas passage per se. But we're going to see truths of the Christmas reason for this season all through uh, this passage this evening. John chapter 4 is a uh, well-known passage. Many of you are familiar with the story of the Samaritan woman. Uh, this is exactly that moment when Jesus, uh, through divine providence, meets the woman at the well. John chapter 4 in your Bibles this evening. Uh, it was back in the 1920s, the 1920s, that a record player company called Victor Talking Machine Company. Victor Talking Machine Company. They made record players. Had a sales campaign for their record players. And they used the slogan, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. In John chapter 4, uh, Jesus... He meets this woman at the well as she comes to draw water. Jesus is seated there as well, uh, uh, weary from his journey, seated, uh, uh, waiting for a drink of water. And the Bible says in verse 10, I won't read the entire chapter. We just want to get right into it tonight uh, for time's sake. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh, drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him 
shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be back at Central Baptist Church. Lord, I not only thank you, I praise you for what you're doing right here in Ocala. God, I praise you for the souls being saved, the families and, and individuals being reached with the gospel, Father. And I thank you for the faithful members here at Central Baptist and, and Pastor Andy and his family, his wife, and, and their faithfulness here, Lord. And God, we know the, the ministry here and, and the reason, the call upon this work, Father, to preach the gospel and also to help folks like us, missionaries, uh, get the gospel to the places you've called us. And Lord, I thank you for all of it. And I praise you for all of that, Lord. Help us, God, as we read your word. I pray you, God, help us to apply it to our lives. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would minister your word in our hearts and have its desired effect in our lives, molding us, transforming us, and edifying us. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name and for your sake. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus in verse 10 Verse 10 speaks about the gift of God. The gift. You know, this is Christmas time. Obviously, we're all going to be thinking about uh, gifts to get, gifts to, to, to give, uh, uh, things that we're going to buy for those folks that are special in our lives, whether it's a family member, a friend, a colleague. But Jesus in verse 10 says, uh, uh, If thou knewest the gift of God, the gift of God, who it, who it is, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. I want to preach on this thought about this gift of God, uh, the gift of God, uh, the, the true gift that keeps on giving. Amen? Uh, if we were to take salvation, if we were to take the gift that God has given us, and if we were to open it up and look into its contents, and, and, and look at all that God has given to us within salvation, can, can you imagine all that, that God God has given all the blessings of the gospel that we have, that we enjoy today, all because of Jesus Christ. Amen. All because of, of God the Father's great love, that great love wherewith He hath loved us. Amen. That, that love that was uh, proven at Calvary uh, while we were yet sinners, all through Jesus Christ. God's gift to man is the free gift of salvation. Through his son Jesus. Amen. At least four times in the, in the New Testament that I can find at least, uh, uh, it, salvation is directly referred to as the gift of God. A couple of examples in Ephesians chapter 2 verse we're, we're so familiar with. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Another example over in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Salvation is a gift from God. On that night, as, as when Jesus was born, the shepherds were in their fields. The angels said unto those shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's the gift. All this that we do, this is just not some religious center. 
This is not just some place we have religious services and rituals. Man, this is a place where we celebrate and, and we, we remember what God has given to us and, and, and we understand what God is doing through salvation. The gospel that Pastor Andy and so many of you uh, teach and preach each and every week, uh, we understand the reason for all of that and all that God wants to do. He wants to show us the path of salvation, how we can be saved from our sin, saved from hell, our lives transformed. Oh, I want to say tonight, salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ is truly the gift gift that keeps on giving. We, 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 we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior and we immediately understand uh, the, those wonderful truths. Man, we are saved from sin. We are saved from sin. We, under, we begin to understand a bit about God's mercy and His grace. And though we were lost and on our way to hell because of our sinfulness, uh, the Bible says uh, uh, Jesus was born. Uh, Mary would bring forth a, a son and He would be called Jesus because He would save His people from their sins. When we look at salvation, the gift that keeps on giving, we, we immediately understand we're saved from sin. I thank God for that day in my life. Brother Woodard in Ona, West Virginia. He and I are from, from we, we, we hail from the same uh, region. In fact, his great aunt grew up, uh, I said grew up, she lived about a half a mile uh, below my house. I remember two things about Miss, uh, actually three things about Mrs. Pearl Woodard. I remember bologna sandwiches, <laughs> copperhead snakes. She, li she lived in well over a hundred-year-old log cabin on Lee's Creek Road. That's where I grew up, on Lee's Creek Road in Culloden, West Virginia. And uh, every now and then a copperhead would find its way into that log cabin. And uh, that, that you'd walk in, the, 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 the front door was closed off, so you'd walk in through the side by the well house, and it was, it was heaved up. The floor was, it had this big old bow, and you would actually probably step a good six or eight inches up because the floor was, was, was so distorted because it was an old log cabin. But the third thing I remember about Miss Pearl Woodard, her testimony. She was a woman that loved God. She was a woman that had been saved from sin. As godly as Mrs. Pearl Woodard was, and we all knew her testimony, Mrs. Pearl Woodard still needed to be saved from sin. There was a day in her life that she realized as a, as a young girl she was lost and because of her sin uh, because of her uh, who she was and, and all of that she was on her way to hell and what I'm saying is salvation is a free gift of God and we are saved from sin through Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, we're saved. Amen. Uh, uh, and we're not only saved from sin, we're saved from hell. First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, uh, the Bible says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Yeah. Salvation is the marvelous gift. Uh, 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 of sal the gospel is a marvelous gift of salvation. And it is the gift that keeps on giving. Not only do we find that we're saved from sin. You know, it's a wonderful thing to, to think, about, okay, now I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. I've been redeemed. I'm not going to hell anymore. But you want to know something? That's not all that salvation entails. There, there's so much more that we discover as we begin to grow in grace and we begin to, to, to know God's Word. Uh, one of the things I learned was I can have access to God now because I'm saved. My sins have been removed. Uh, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I now have access to God. 
Amen. I have access. Uh, Paul told the church by inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. But you know what? Before those people got saved in Ephesus, he first told them, you were dead in trespasses and sins. In time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of, of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He, he went on to say, uh, you were by nature the children of wrath. He even goes on, he says, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uh, uncircumcision, by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. I have new access that I never had to God. I have access to Him. I am made nigh. How? Through God's gift of salvation by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have access. I remember I only served in the National Guard, had my little ID card, and I was able to hold on to it, and years had gone by, and I always kept it in my wallet. We had moved to Pensacola. Uh, on our last furlough, we had kind of set up there. Our kids were going to school, and one of my boys was in the Marine Corps. And uh, I remember we were going to go and see the museum there on the backside of, of, of Pensacola Naval Air Station. Now, if you've ever been there, that's a little bit of a drive. But I remembered I've got an ID card in my wallet. I could go through the front gate, and it's a, sh uh, a straight shot. It's a short route to get to the, to the Aviation Museum. So I went in, uh, in the car there with my family, and I, I had my old uh, Army National Guard ID card. And I pulled up to the gates. There's that Marine uh, 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 MP, military police, with that uh, sharp angled hat, that big old 9mm on his side, the electronic scanner. Now, I, I was back in the, the 80s before they had all that kind of stuff. I whipped out my wallet, pulled out that card. Gave it to him. Did, it didn't act like, you know, I wasn't trying to let on that, that I really didn't have an a, a, a updated ID for a veteran or anything like that. And he looked at it. He tried to scan it. Nothing. He looked at it again, took a second look. He said, sir, he said, I'm sorry, you don't have access through this gate. I can't allow you to come through. Not only that, he said, and sir, I'm going to have to hold on to this ID card. I lost any access I would have possibly had. I had none, uh, uh, no access. But you want to know something? One of my sons had an ID card because they're in the Marine Corps. And we were able to go right through and get on base and, and see several of the sites there. Now, you could go around the back and civilians are able to get, get through. But, but what am I saying? He had access, but I didn't. And what I'm saying is, not only are we saved from sin and saved from an awful place called hell, we now have access to God that we never had before. Oh, listen, oh, listen, as a child of God, I can come to God the Father because of the blood of Jesus. I now have access. I can come and I can pray and, and I can pray in Jesus' name. I have a new access that I've never had before. I was made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Why are we here uh, uh, having services week after week and, and, and preaching about Jesus? It was all because Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. He died to save sinners and to give us now access to him. We've been redeemed. Uh, we, 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 our sins have been remitted all because of God's free gift, the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Oh, listen, it doesn't matter where you are around the world. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you have that same access. You could be in Ocala, Florida. You could be in New York State. You can be in Washington, Canada, Africa, Myanmar, Burma, whatever you'd like to call it. Vietnam, Europe. Hey, listen, doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what circumstance you may be facing in your life. Whether it's something in your family, whether it's something in the hospital, you've got a test this week, or maybe some procedure that needs to be done. You have access to God the Father. And we could go on and on and on tonight, and uh, uh, we, we'd probably end uh, 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 the service and still not have covered all the things that we have been given as blessings, all because of salvation. But God's free gift is truly the gift that keeps on giving. You could live a lifetime and never exhaust the resources that God has provided for you as His child, all because of Jesus Christ. But I will end tonight. We, we won't go to midnight. <laughs> all of, all of uh, but three people are probably saying amen, right? The rest of you are spiritual. No, let's go to midnight. No. I, I'll say this, and we all know it to be true. And we understand we have a home in heaven and God's eternal presence. In John chapter 14, Jesus with His disciples, the night of His crucifixion, just a few hours before he was to be arrested, he revealed to them that one of the, the, the disciples would betray him in John chapter 13. And then in the very next chapter, John chapter 14, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Amen. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Jesus promised a home in heaven. Jesus uh, uh, said that He would receive us unto Himself, that where He is, we may be also. God has promised us not only uh, a place in heaven, but an eternal presence. Uh, I want, I'm thankful that not only do I have a place waiting for me, there is coming a day, amen, as, as, as was sung by the trio tonight, but I'm thankful that even now I'm able to experience the presence of God and, and Him constantly with me. Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, 
I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's already immediate. It's already part of God's eternal promises, the gift that keeps on giving. He is always with me. He is present. He abides in me. Amen. And wherever I am, if I am in a remote jungle on the Igarape Preto, up by the mountains of the Arakai, or if I'm in the Katarina Mountains in the south, uh, up some road in the middle of cow pastures and farms, God's presence is always with me. And also someday I know that when I die, I'll see my heavenly Savior, and I'll go to that heavenly home. But in this same passage, there was one that didn't understand. His name was Thomas. The Bible says in verse 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? I was preaching across town this morning and told the story of a little lady named Miss Teresa, Teresa in Portuguese, and on the, the river Kiyuni, in a small village work camp called Bully Shoe, Miss Teresa had lived all of her life hearing bits and pieces through Catholicism about God, about uh, 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 the Virgin Mary, about Jesus. But no one had ever explained to her how to be saved. She had gone through a, a series of, of, of struggles in her family, and, and she was distraught. And uh, we, had, we had gone to the village and uh, we had brought her back to, to town. We had set up a, our, our, our house there in Barcelos. We would go out to the villages each week, uh, Friday through Monday, and then come back and, and resupply Tuesday through Thursday. But Miss Teresa had come by our house while she was in town. And Sherry took the opportunity and shared with her the gospel again. We had been preaching there for weeks and months, and she just wasn't understanding. And, and finally, one-on-one -on, -one on the front porch of our house, she looked at my wife as, as Sherry explained the gospel, and she said, but, but Donna, Donna Sherry, how can we know the way? Or, or in her understanding, how can we know the path? She asked a question similar to what Thomas asked. How can we know the way? And there Sherry was able to take these very words of Jesus and explain to her. See, up until that point, Miss Teresa, she understood paths. She knew what a jungle path was. They had a path that went to their charcoal fields where they made homemade charcoal. They dig a trench in the ground, throw some firewood, set it on fire, cover it up, kind of partially smothering it. In a couple days, they'd come back, unearth it, and you would have charcoal. She had a path where she would go down to her manioc fields. They had a path where there were uh, uh, blue bushes and pink bushes. They didn't have outhouses. You, you, you'll get that in a couple of days. Uh, she understood all the different paths, but she didn't understand the path to heaven. What was the path? And Sherry he read her the words of Jesus. Jesus saith unto him, unto Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. Through God's eternal gift, the gift that keeps on giving, we understand Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything we need to know is through Jesus Christ. Through knowing Him, we also will someday be in heaven and will be able to be in the presence of the Heavenly Father, an eternal presence. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says, The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain uh, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And I love this part of 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. And so shall we ever be with 
the Lord. An everlasting presence in heaven before our Heavenly Father. But Jesus, back at that well where He met the Samaritan woman, He said, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of Him, and He would have given thee living water. Jesus said one word, If. If. That woman was religious. She was a sinner. She had a sordid lifestyle, a sinful reputation. No doubt everybody knew about her and her bad choices. She had been with several men in her life. And, and Jesus even addresses some of that in, in, in John chapter 4. But he says that one word, if thou knewest the gift of God. If. In order for a sinner to have God's gift that keeps on giving, Salvation from sin, salvation from hell, access to the Father, an eternal presence, a home in heaven. It depends whether or not you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can be a religious person. There was a religious scholar by the name of Nicodemus. He came to, to Jesus by night. And he, he, he was wanting to seek Jesus out. And Jesus showed him he must be born again. There must be a spiritual conversion, a regeneration that occurs in the life of every sinner before he has the blessings of salvation. But God loves you and He wants to save you tonight. If you don't know Him as Savior, perhaps you're visiting, perhaps you're listening by way of radio and you don't know for sure 100% that if you died today you'd go to heaven. Understand that God wants to save you because He loves you. And that's why Jesus came. This week we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Whether or not it was on the 25th of December, how will we really ever know? What's important is that we understand why He came and what God's eternal offer is all about. It's, it's about offering a sinner salvation, access to God, a new peace, a transformation of your life after you know Jesus as your Savior. He offers all of that if, if, you will receive Christ by faith in your heart and in your life. Let's stand to our feet tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed.